Welcome back to Overdue. I'm Mrs. Watts, your Annex Librarian. And I'm Coach Hill, your main building librarian. In today's episode, we figure out if it was worth the effort. episode we're going to talk about the books we've been reading and i think the focus of this set of books was just young adult novels yeah i think we had kinda, yeah we'd read we a few that were not that were not and so you suggested that and i mean um, we do work in the high school it's true so. yes so i had read um comics will break your heart by faith aaron hicks um all i can say is it absolutely falls into the category of ya it was so fun um talk on, to me about ya romance because on the last episode I talked, I'd read my first ever romance novel, oh, yes. and it was not YA. I feel like... Is it like super cheesy or no? I feel like it's maybe not super cheesy, but pretty predictable. Okay. Um, In terms of, you know, there are two teens, they're each working through something in their own lives and find each other on this little kind of journey or quest to get what they want or figure out what they want. And then um, usually some kind of tension in their relationship. And then inevitably they end up together, at least from my perspective. It was predictable. I I feel like, but I mean, do you think that that's uh, a characteristic of most YA romance? I do. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, But it was good. I enjoyed the topic. I didn't know really what to expect with comics will break your heart. Um, but is it comics as in like comedians or comics as in comic so books? So the main character is Miriam and she works in a comic book store, but okay. also her family comes from, um, well, not her family comes from her grandfather was a co-creator of a major comic series. Um, but her family didn't see or receive any of the wealth or the, um, I don't know what word I'm looking for, like the honors of being a creator of it. Um, and so in, in her own life, she's trying to figure out if she can afford to go to college, if she wants to go to college or if she like feels safer staying at home and, um, and comes a customer in her comic book shop and, and there's a, there's like a fight that she, it's a great opening scene. I can't do it justice, but, um, ends up, she hears his last name and he, his grandfather was the other creator of the comic book series and their family received all the wealth from how well it did. So there's that dynamic of she's interested in this boy who she shouldn't be interested in because of this family um, history and dynamic. And so, you know, she's trying to figure out college and he's trying, all he wants is a functional family. Mm -hmm. So they each have something they're working through. But honestly, there was a, the instant his last name dropped and you saw the connection between the two, I was, I was hooked. I was like, okay. <laughs> so it was a really good read. Good. I'm glad I read it. Good. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely good. YA though. Tell me about what you read. You read, you uh, trumped me majorly in the amount of reading that you've done. Well, I read time. three books you did. since we recorded last, but you did. we had, um, we recorded the last episode early, so we had a lot of time between episodes. It's we had true. Thanksgiving break in there. Yeah. And also I dropped my uh, oldest daughter off at the elementary school in the morning. So I'm usually at work pretty early. It's true. And so, uh, and I wasn't overseeing state testing like you. This is true. So we I have had, different I things had some going more time on. to read. So yes. don't Well, I'm excited to hear about here. Tell me about what you read. Yeah. So um, first I had committed to reading 
They Went Left by Monica Hesse. Mm -hmm. uh, this is about a Polish girl named Sofia. Um, and this book takes place right at the very end of World War II. Um, and essentially the book is about her trying to find her little brother. They mm -hmm. were separated at some point, um, different concentration camps, um, and, and she's trying to find him. And this is this already seemingly impossible task is made even harder by the fact that uh, she's experienced a lot of physical and mental damage from her time in the concentration camps. Mm -hmm. um, her memory is, is not great. Um, however, one of the interesting things about the book is as you go along, um, pieces of her memory start to come back a little bit and she starts to remember a little bit more. Um, and then that kind of culminates at a point in the end where all of her memory comes back. Wow. Um, and when you're reading that, I mean, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it yes, right now. Yes, I remember it, when you... It, yeah. it, I, re I remember I was, re I was sitting in the recliner in our living room and I remember my heart falling into my stomach. Mm. Uh, and I like you, like you couldn't breathe for a second and not in a good way. Um, and so, and that kind of, uh, it's, it's very near the end of the book. And, and, um, uh, I'm trying not to say too much about sure. what she remembers and, and, and whatnot. And, um, worth reading. Wow. Uh, it was pretty intense. It was pretty intense. Um, but it was, but it was worth reading. And I had an, originally picked that book because it's on the this year's VSBA list, mm -hmm. the Volunteer State Book Awards for high school. Right. And uh, I just wanted to read something from there. But so after that, I ended up reading two more books from the VSBA list for high school this year. Mm -hmm. So next, I read "We Are Not From Here" by Jenny Torres Sanchez, which is about three teenagers in Guatemala um, who just live a live in a dangerous town. They just it's. It's just dangerous. Um, and so they are for a little bit kind of contemplating whether or not they want to try to make it to America. Mm. Um, and they're not sure because that trip, of course, on its own is is dangerous in itself. And then they kind of have to weigh like the the lesser of two evils. Like, do we do we risk it and take this trip um, where, where there's no guarantees right. or do we stay in this town where we know exactly what our fate is? Um, and so they, d they decide to take the, take the trip on the train called, uh, the beast, la bestia. Um, and I won't comment on whether or not they make it. Uh, you have to read the book, but, uh, also a pretty heavy read, honestly. Wow. Um, yeah, you so know, both of you these, talk about these, you know, we picked YA and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we picked YA thinking, well, I know that I, I anticipated this being a lighthearted read just yes. from looking at it and understanding that it was a YA romance. So yours are really heavy. The first topics, two that so. I read were, yeah, and real, you know what I mean? Right, real so topics, which is. I what think aspect of them makes them young adult, in your opinion? Is it the way that it's written? Is um, it they're YA because the, you know, the main characters are okay. young adults. Okay. Um, and maybe for a few other reasons. Mm hmm. Um, that I don't want to get into because I don't want to spoil any of the books. Sure. Um, but I think that's the main thing is that, you know, uh, We Are Not From Here is about uh, three teenagers. And Sophia and They Went Left, I can't remember if we're, if we're ever told what her age was, but uh, you kind of get the impression that maybe she's like a older teenager. Mm -hmm. It's such a good reminder hearing the difference in our books. And I know you have one more to talk about, but that young adult is not just um, – light and frilly and sure and 
that it can deal with really, really right. heavy things. Um, and I think we talked about that on the last episode mm-hmm. or maybe the one prior, um, how these, you know, these two books that I just talked about are things that the first one that happened right. and then, uh, the second one that is happening. Yes. Um, so and, it's just, yeah, that contrast between talking about my book and hearing about yours. Yeah. I actually and, recommended we are not from here to a student in my study hall and I was explaining it to her. Um, and she said, yeah, I know a lot of people that have wow. gone through that and, and experienced that trip and she's reading it now. Wow. Um, that's incredible. Yeah. So, it, and it brings, uh, it helps bring things going on. You said it best that, that last time it brings it into touch, right? It mm-hmm. lets you, um, um, kind of visualize it and, you know, yes. you can read about it in the news and look at pictures online. And that's something that I was actually doing when I read, we are not from here is, you, they talk about the different towns that they're in and the different spots that they're hopping on the train. Um, and I, I, I would put the book down and I'd Google that town and I was kind of like following their yeah, path on, cool. on Google maps, I like that. um, to follow their journey. Yeah. So, yeah. well, you have one more to tell us about. Yeah. I also read clap when you land by Elizabeth Acevedo. Now, to be fair, this book is like written in poems. So it's really, it's a quick read. It's not like I read three full length books here. Um, and in terms of, uh, intensity level, it's probably somewhere between my first two and yours. Um, this is a book about, so there's two half sisters. One lives in New York city. One lives in, uh, the Dominican Republic and they don't know that they're half sisters. Uh So in other words, the dad who lives full time in New York city with the one sister every year in the summer, he flies down to the Dominican Republic to be with. Uh, essentially his second family, you know, his, his other daughter. Wow. Um, and again, these two, these two girls, uh, don't know of each other's existence. However, uh, in the beginning of the book, when he's on his flight to go to, to the Dominican, uh, the plane crashes. Um, and so his death, uh, leads to, uh, it leads, it, it leads to them ultimately, uh, contacting each other. It leads to different problems for each of them in their own individual lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. And then they, wow. they ultimately, they ultimately contact each other and, and go from there. Um, but it was, it was a good book. I mean, wow. it was all three of those were on the, are, are on the VSBA list for a reason. Yeah, for sure. They sound great. Yeah. So what are you reading next? So it's funny that I, I'm starting this off. Actually, it has to do with what you're reading. So you had come in and told me about. Do you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. I mean, just because that's what it stemmed from. So So I read three YA books, right? And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to jump back out of the YA for a second. Yes. Um, And now I'm reading The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Uh And I've started it, but I am not anywhere deep into it at all. Um, All I know, excuse me, all I know right now is that. There's Achilles, who is the son of a sea goddess and a mortal king. Uh-huh. Um, and there's this other prince. Um, and that's all I know. Okay. That's all I well, know. Well, you came in with that book when we were kind of chatting about, you know, the, getting ready for this episode. And I hadn't even thought about what I was going to read next. And I saw your book and I said, hey, I have I have another one by that same author. So I'm reading Cirque. Also by Madeline Miller, and I think this is a. Their companions are yeah. I think yours is second, right? I'm anxious to see how they relate to one another. Mine came after yours. Yeah, but we looked it up. They're not like a series, yeah, right? Yeah, they're not. No. I, I'm interested to see if there isn't any relationship like between the two, but um, it's based I wonder on if mythology. The, I wonder if the relationship is just that they're about mythology. Maybe you know what I mean. Yeah, it and very that's well why it's be. considered a follow up. I wonder yeah. if. 
I guess we'll find out if there's any connection between the storylines or not. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Mine is also, it also centers on um, two gods and um, I guess just kind of a conflict between the two. It, it's mythology. Right. So I haven't read, I can't tell you the last time I read a book or anything based on mythology. So I'm kind of excited. So here's for a question. A how do we, how do we, in the library where we've, where we've genrefied our fiction section. Right. Right. Like I think I have mine labeled as historical fiction, but like is mythology really historical fiction? I think I still have mine in nonfiction right now because I, you know, I've said this before to you, maybe not on, on the podcast, but sometimes just looking at notes isn't enough for me to know where yeah. a book falls. So you know, I think reading it. I, yeah, I think once we finish reading, it'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll see what we'll we find out do where it's it, supposed to be. Where it's supposed to be, right? Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to finish up today talking about some of our library statistics, how many books are getting checked out, um, and do a little bit of a comparison. But before we do that, as we've been doing, we are going to listen to a book preview from a White House high school student. I'm Brady Jackson, and I'm going to be reading an excerpt. From To Sleep in a Sea of Stars by Christopher Paolini A sick knot formed in Kira's stomach. First contact with another intelligent species, something she had always dreamed of, and it seemed to be happening in the worst possible way, with violence. No, 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 she muttered. The aliens were coming for her, for the suit. She could feel the summons growing stronger. It would only be a matter of time before they found her. She had to escape. She had to get off the extenuating circumstances. One of the ship's shuttles would be ideal, but she'd settle for an escape pod. At least on Adra, she might have a fighting chance. The light strip overhead started to flash blue, a strident pulse that hurt Kira's eyes to look at. She ran to the pressure door and pounded on it. Let me out! Let me out! Open the door! She spun toward the mirror window. Bishop, you have to let me out. The ship mind didn't respond. Bishop! She pounded on the door again. The lights on the door turned green, and the lock spun and clicked. She yanked the door open and dashed across the deacon chamber. The door at the other end was still locked. She slapped the control screen next to it. It beeped, and the lock turned a few centimeters and then stopped with a grinding sound. The door was, was jammed. She slammed her hand against the wall. Most doors have a manual release, but not this one. They were determined to keep their inmates from escaping. She looked back at the cell. A hundred different possibilities flashed through her mind. The liquid nitrogen. Kira ran th to the exam, exam table and crouched, scanning the racks of equipment. Where was it? Where was it? She uttered a cry as she spotted the tank, relieved that it was appeared undamaged. She grabbed it and hurried back to the decon's chamber outer door. Then she took a deep breath and held it so she wouldn't pass out from breathing too much of the gas. Kira placed the nozzle of the tank against the door lock and opened the valve. A plume white vapor hit the the door from view as the nitrogen sprayed out. For a moment she felt the cold in her hands and then the suit compensated and they were as warm as ever. She kept up the spray for a count of ten and then twisted the vault shut. The metal composite lock was white with frost and condensation. Using the bottom of the tank, Kira struck the lock. It shattered like glass. Kira dropped the tank and desperate to get out, yanked on the door. It slid open and painfully loud Klaxon assaulted her. Outside was a bare metal corridor, lit by strobing lights. A pair of bodies lay at the far end, twisted and horribly limp. At the sight of them, her pulse spiked, and a line of tension formed in the suit, like a wire being pulled taut to the point of breaking. 
This was the nightmare scenario, humans and aliens killing each other. It was a, a disaster that could easily spiral into catastrophe. Where did the extenuating circumstances keep its shuttles? She tried to recall what she'd seen on the ship back at HQ. The docking bay was somewhere along the middle part of the ship, so that was her goal. To get where she had to to get past the dead crew, and hopefully avoid running into whatever had attacked them. No time to waste. Kira took a breath to steady herself, and then hurried forward, on light feet, trying to react to the smallest sound or motion. Okay, so first, just so everyone knows, I ran these reports this morning, um, and you haven't seen them. I so haven't. I'm going to tell you what I did and give you the numbers and okay. and see what you think. Good, bad, or, good, bad, or indifferent. We'll see. My hopes are up because you don't seem disappointed. So I hope right. it's a number that is well, I don't. I also didn't have necessarily any expectations. I mean, I was hoping, obviously, that all of our work – and just to clarify, we're talking about here that we've, we've removed – uh, thousands of old books from the shelves mm-hmm. um, to kind of get out of the way of the good books that we did have on the shelves. Right. We continue, obviously, to try to buy new and interesting and relevant titles to put on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've started our YouTube channel. Um, and just so it's just now it's okay. Okay, we've done all this stuff, right? Are more books getting checked yeah. out as a result? Because mm-hmm. are, are more people reading, right? Because mm-hmm. that's, that's the goal. So... Um, I looked at uh, numbers of books checked out and renewed um, for this fall. So from the first day of school until uh, we're recording this on a Monday. So uh, through last Friday. Okay. And then I, compa- I ran the same report for, this, for the equivalent time period for two years ago for fall 2019. Because fall 2020, we were hybrid and virtual. Right. And So fall 2019 was both of our first year. That was both of our first year in the library. Okay. Yes. Um, where I think we were, and we still are very much getting our feet under us and Absolutely. figuring out our direction. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. So compared to 2019, our total number of book checkouts, I didn't include Chromebooks. I didn't include right. calculators. Uh, I didn't include teachers doing uh, DVDs. Okay. Um, so our total number of book checkouts is up by exactly one third. It's an increase of exactly 33.33333%. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Again, I didn't have a, I was expecting it to be up. I just didn't have, I didn't have a specific number in mind. Yeah. Um, But yeah. I'm excited about that. Then I, I didn't do a ton of, you know, extra stuff here, but I did look at the nonfiction because I feel like a lot of this was our, that's kind of where we started, right? Was we had, like, I'm thinking back to what my 900s used to look like and how much space that used to take up Mm -hmm. and compared to what it takes up now. Um, I think we, we wanted to do it with the whole collection, but Mm -hmm. the nonfiction, especially we had just a lot of old stuff, just old, no other word for it, just old and a lot of times out of date. Yes. Um, And to the point where maybe it was a little bit irresponsible to even have it on the shelf. Yeah. I would completely um, agree with that. So our nonfiction checkouts and renewals are up by sixty three percent. What? That I didn't. That is awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So that made me feel good. Congratulations. Yeah, you too. <laughs> I'll be curious to see how we compare to that when I do a full school year. So all of twenty nineteen, the twenty nineteen right. twenty twenty school. Although I guess we can't really do that to a certain point because that was in that spring is when when school shut down for COVID. That's true. Um, but maybe, maybe up until semester. that point, yeah, yeah, it was through spring break that 
that we were still in school. So yeah. we can do something equivalent. I can figure out when spring break was that year. Yes. Um, and maybe do something equivalent, at least up until that point. That is so But it'll exciting. be nice when we can do this and compare this school year to next school year where yes. we have two full school years right. that we can compare to. That is so exciting. Yeah. But things are trending up, Watts. Yes. It, and like you said, we have put so much work in. I mean. And continue to. Yes. I mean, our hearts are definitely just in it to get kids in here and get, you know, books in their hands and get them excited. And I don't know, like all this work is for the students. And yeah. the fact that it's resulting in in the students. Reading more. Reading more. I mean, that's very exciting. Yeah. I'm so glad. <laughs> um, it's time for us to check out though. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at BDP underscore library. Check out our YouTube channel, BDP library for book talks and blogs and share us with a friend. And we're going to take a little bit longer break than normal. So check back with us after the winter break for the next episode of Overdue. Make time to read. Thanks for listening.